Aaron Rodgers fully embraces the Big Apple, college sports comes to an end as my generation knows it, and baseball's unicorn Shohei Otani remains in Orange County. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 86 of Garcia Sports Garage Podcast. My name is Tim Garcia. Your time is valuable, under 15 minutes. Thank you for stopping by. I want to start with Aaron Rodgers. Yes, we all know Aaron Rodgers, his controversy regarding the COVID vaccine. Yes, we all know Aaron Rodgers winning two out of the last three MVPs. Yes, we all know Aaron Rodgers. He can be a little aloof, a little moody. Yes, we know Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. And now, and now he decided for a change of scenery, a change of lifestyle, surrounding himself with a completely different culture in New York City to play football for the New York Jets. Some things just don't belong in other places, right? Can you imagine the Kardashians? Can you even fathom their success if they were to live in, say, Nebraska or Montana? I mean, Nebraska's state slogan is literally, it's not for everyone. It wouldn't work the same. Can you imagine Khloe Kardashian getting on a combine in the middle of summer, 110 degrees outside? No, of course not. Aaron Rodgers is from California, the West Coast, the best coast, in my opinion. He's used to big crowds. He's used to a different dynamic, a different lifestyle. And he never got that in Green Bay, never got that in Wisconsin. I know, believe me, I live in Kansas now. I went to school here. I'm from Southern California. That Midwest mentality, that is a real thing. That is no joke. It's just different. It's hard to even put into words, but it's there. There's just something different away these smaller towns, smaller areas tick. And now you land Aaron Rodgers, one of the most popular athletes in all of sports, into the Big Apple, the entertainment capital of the world, you could argue. He's surrounded by movie stars, musicians, the most famous billionaires, Wall Street, Broadway, major sporting events, major concerts. He's got the world at his fingertips in New York City. And what do you know? He's thriving. He's seen Taylor Swift twice. He was at the New York Rangers playoff games. He's been to New York Knicks games. He's been to a Yankees game. He's fully embracing it. And you know what's different about him? He looks happy. It looks like he's embracing his younger roster in New York. He seems relaxed. Remember his famous... R-E-L-A-X comment after one of the losses in Green Bay. He seems so chill, it doesn't even seem like Aaron Rodgers. But that's what a change of scenery could do to someone. I'm not high on the Jets this year, but if he's having fun and he's looking happy and relaxed and he's not yelling at his receivers and he's not ignoring them, maybe two years the Jets can be something. But I want to start with this because Aaron Rodgers, I saw an interview with him on uh, the Hall of Fame game with Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth, and he just looks like a different person. He's, he's still in that honeymoon stage with the Jets. But there's just something different about Mr. California Aaron Rodgers now being in the bag, Big Apple. It's all about where you're placed. Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, he may have been great. He may have won a Super Bowl. The fans may have loved him. But like the Kardashians, putting them in Nebraska, putting Aaron Rodgers in Wisconsin was not a good fit. And now Aaron Rodgers in New York is going to work. Let's talk about the greatest athlete on the planet 
right now, 2023, Shohei Otani. So right up to the Major League Baseball trade deadline, there was all this chatter. Is he going to stay? Is he going to leave? Are the Angels going to take a chance? Are they going to send him off and get just a truckload of draft picks? All of this back and forth. And at the end of the day, Shohei decided to stay. Report said that he felt comfortable in Anaheim and he wanted to help stay and lead the team to the postseason. As of recording this podcast, the Angels have lost six in a row. They are back under 500. And even though things look dire, skipper Phil Nevin came out after the latest loss and said, look, we know everyone is against us. We know the chips are down, basically. But there's 26 guys, 25 guys here in the clubhouse, all the people on the staff who know that we got it. All right. Call me Doubting Thomas. Show me that you can make it to the postseason. But in any case, so Shohei Otani chooses to stay. Why? Here is something that no one has talked about, but I think it's worth bringing up. So Shohei Otani, just like his predecessor, the great Ichiro Suzuki, they felt comfortable in that arena, in their home. Ichiro Suzuki, Seattle, Shohei Otani, Anaheim. Maybe they are fine just playing for a mediocre team and not having to face the scrutiny the media every single day when he goes 0 for 4 or gives up two home runs. And yeah, he may not get the spotlight when he throws a complete game shutout and hits two home runs 10 minutes later, but maybe that he's okay with that. There's a growing sentiment that Shohei is quite comfortable in Anaheim and he may stay. And people are flabbergasted. They can't believe it. Why would Shohei turn down 600 plus million, whatever the number may be? It's not about that. It's about comfort. It's about what Shohei Otani wants. Maybe money is not a big deal to him. Maybe he's fine enjoying the perfect weather in Orange County. So no one's talking about that, but I, I think it needs to be brought up that Shohei Otani, maybe it's not about money. Maybe it's not about winning championships. Maybe it's about comfort. And I think that's worth taking to the bank. As the regular season ends, whether the Angels make the postseason, the offseason will be one of the most interesting and watched in baseball history to see where Shohei ends up. And to be honest, if this is any indication, Shohei might just stay in Anaheim and Angel fans may have caught the luckiest break in baseball history. Okay, of course I have to talk about the Pac-12 disbanding falling apart right before my eyes, but I want to talk about this first. So I am from the generation of Blockbuster. Remember Blockbuster? You'd go, you'd rent a movie, you'd be waiting all week for the new releases to come out. You'd walk in with your little plastic card. The new releases would be right up there. Uh, my parents, we wouldn't be allowed to go to certain sections because of the uh, covers of the, the movies back then, the VHSs, but I digress. Anyway, Blockbuster, that was the thing to do. That was all the rage. And then Netflix, streaming, Blockbuster ceased to exist, obsolete. It happens. There have been rumors of college football conferences aligning, disintegrating for years. When I first heard that UCLA and USC were going to the Big Ten, I couldn't believe it. My first thought, and a lot of coaches are coming out now, Nick Saban and the coach from Mizzou, I believe, have said, had made a comment about the logistics. But the first thing I said to my buddy, I texted a buddy from that went to UCLA. I texted a buddy that went to Washington State. And I texted a buzzy, buddy that went to Mizzou. And I said, what about all the other sports? Baseball, softball, basketball, soccer. And sure enough, no one thought about it. Or did anyone think about it? 
Sure, this is about football. It's about a money grab. It's about the bag. It's about the pot at the end of the rainbow. That's all this is about, this realignment, teams leaving conferences. I haven't seen a collapse this bad since Jenna Marbles fell off the face of the earth from YouTube. Not warranted, by the way. In any case, so the Pac-12, no longer, basically. They are now only four teams. The non-fantastic four, Cal, Oregon State, Washington State, and Stanford. I was just texting a buddy this weekend, and he brought up a good point as well. What about all the conference rivalries? They're gone. Poof. Obsolete. Just like that. Again, the logistics of these player athletes having to travel different time zones multiple times a week to try and play at, at their top level. That's going to be nearly impossible. How are they going to keep up with their studies? AI? I don't think so. It's all about money, and it seems to only be geared toward college football. College football makes billions and billions, yes, that's with a B, billions of dollars in revenue every single season. That's all this is. Forget the student-athlete. Forget the other sports. Forget the logistics. Forget the traditions. Forget the rivalries. It's all about money. And just like Blockbuster and me going with my little plastic card, conferences will become obsolete and we just end up moving on. Okay, I want to finish talking about the running back situation in the NFL. But first, if you like this podcast, thank you for listening. Follow me on Instagram at GSG Podcast. You can download this episode at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you download podcasts. Again, Instagram at GSG Podcast and download Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify. So the NFL running backs, they are not happy with their current financial situation. Hmm, interesting. I wonder what other professions, what other career-driven people are upset with their financial situation. Hmm, I wonder. It's the nature of the beast. You signed a contract. Look, I'm in sales, and I have a salary plus commission-based um, structure. And I don't even look at the incentive structure because I know if I don't like it, one, if I saw it, I'll probably get mad. And two, if I don't like it, what am I going to do? Fight a corporation? No. I sign it and get on with my day. So these running backs, are they being underpaid, undervalued? Maybe. But you know what you're getting into. The running back market has been declining for the past few years, so they know what they're doing. Sure, Austin Eckler, I'm a Charger fan. I love the fact that he scores a million touchdowns. That's great for the team. But am I going to give, if I'm Dean Spanos, am I going to give Austin Eckler $20, $30 million? No. I'm going to build it around Justin Herbert, the offensive line. Get some defense. You're one of the worst defenses in the league. So the running backs, the fact that they held this Zoom meeting to talk about what to do, there were some reports coming out they were trying to fake injuries or some nonsense like that. I don't know if that has any credence, but I'm just saying the fact that they are whining about money is just another indication of where we are in a society. You don't like what you're getting, make a big stink about it on social media, and maybe it'll grab hold and someone will pick up the story and change will be made. That's just the way it is, guys. That's the way the running back market is. Everything changes. It goes in a cycle. And unfortunately for you, it's just your time to be 
financially irrelevant to NFL football teams. So that's just a quick little take on what I think about what's going on with the NFL running backs. They're going to play. They're going to score touchdowns. They're going to win or lose me a fantasy season, just like all of you play fantasy football. It's just the way it is. So running backs in the NFL, upset they're not getting paid money, think they deserve more. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. I don't know. But just get out there and ball. Okay. That's going to do it for episode 86. But first, my star of the episode Taylor Swift, yes, T-Mania, whatever they call it. Someone the other day said that they haven't seen Mania like this since the Beatles. I wouldn't go that far. It's a little, it's a little crazy. But Taylor Swift was playing in Los Angeles this past weekend, and she gifted Bianca Bryant her 22 hat. Now, as someone who is a Southern California native, someone who is a sports fan, a fan of music, a fan of mankind, Watching Taylor Swift give Bianca Bryant, Kobe Bryant, and Vanessa Bryant's daughter her hat is kind of a full circle moment and something she didn't have to do, but a very touching moment in a world where we need more events, more videos like this. And if you don't know, or if you forgot, a few years ago, the late, great Kobe Bryant, uh, Taylor Swift was playing at Staples Center and he unveiled in the Raptors a banner for Taylor Swift for the most sold out shows at Staples Center. It was heartwarming then, and then to see Taylor Swift, again, kind of full circle moment, giving Kobe Bryant's daughter her hat at her tour was just a touching, touching moment, and she is my star of the episode. My goon of the episode is Pat McAfee. I know, I know, I know, I know. Calm down. Calm down. Hear me out. I love Pat McAfee. I love everything he does on YouTube. I love his show. I love the guys he's got around him. The interviews, all of it is Fantastic. But me, like a lot of his other fans, when he announced that him and his crew were going to ESPN, I threw up my hands. I said, why, Pat? Why? You, you're not going to be the same show. He is adamant that they are not going to change, sand some F-bombs live. He said the show is not going to change. BS, Pat. I've been watching your show for a long time, and every day while you're on YouTube, there is some hilarious, inappropriate joke that you tell the dialogue between the guys is hysterical, something you'd find at a bar or just a bunch of dudes sitting around a couch watching football, but that's not going to be on ESPN, Pat. It's not. They're not going to let you do it. Your show is going to become a shell like the ESPN staff is these days. It's disappointing, and I don't care how much you say it is not going to change. It is because you will not be in charge. ESPN is going to be the one allowing it to air, and it won't be the same show, Pat. It just won't. So don't lie to us because you're going to have to lie when you're on ESPN if you say something inappropriate. Pat, Pat. Anyway, that's it for episode 86. Everybody have a great week. Take care. I'll talk to you soon.